Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving, where we give you information and education on senior care topics. My name is Ryan McAniff. I'm the owner of Minute Women Home Care and the host of the show, and I am always, not always, but usually joined <laughs> by Janet, the Director of Client Care at Minute Women, and the trusty goose to my maverick. Um, Janet, how are Tonto you? Tonto to my Lone Ranger. Yes. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, it's 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 very kind of weird when I stepped outside today. It was like warm, but it's raining, which is not normal in Massachusetts. It it's was usually... it was almost sixty degrees, and I think earlier in the week it was twenty five degrees at the same time when I left my house. So Welcome go figure. To fall. There you go. So today, what are we talking about? I know this is kind of a topic that you brought up, and I'll let you introduce it. This is just kind of a, a food for thought. Um, you know, we, we deal with care for um, care services day in and day out, and yet we're dealing with families that 9 out of 10 times are going through it for the very first time. And there are two transitions that can occur that can be very stressful. And I just want to lend a little support if I can. And one is when someone is transitioning from a hospital or a rehab to home and how that whole crazy thing goes and nobody knows what to expect. And the other one is as people age and they're living in an assisted living, they may develop some level of dementia or they may have gone there with a level of dementia, but they were fine in a traditional setting, and now they need to transition to a memory care. Um, And it can be kind of a crazy thing. In a perfect world, I'll take the assisted living first because it's quick and easy. The um, assisted living, a lot of people, I think, have the impression that if they're going from the, quote, traditional floor to a memory care floor, it's like check out at 11 in a hotel and they're going to move into another room. And behind the scenes, it can be a lot more complicated than that because you may have a need for your loved one to move down there, but there isn't an apartment ready yet. Or the apartment has been vacated, but the family hasn't picked up the furniture yet. Um, It's not like a hotel where you leave the furniture and the bed linens behind. They have to go in and paint and do all these other things. So you can think it's going to happen on a Sunday, and then you find out maybe it's not going to happen till Tuesday, and then you find out maybe it's not going to happen till the following weekend. And it's sometimes it's not within the control of the facility. They're waiting for the other family to pick up things. And um, so that can be a little dicey. And oftentimes assisted living, if they feel that your loved one is no longer is in definite need of a memory care, that means they need more one-on-one. And they're probably going to tell you, you need to have eyes on that person. Many families say, okay, um, and they'll take turns and they'll stay with mom or dad during the day, but somebody's got to go home and get some sleep. So that's oftentimes when we are asked to come in. So what I suggest for those situations is, you know, when you're working with an agency, you know, uh, let them know what the game plan is, but also let them know that um, you're, you're better off to say, well, we think it's Wednesday, but we don't know for sure. And could we schedule out a few days later just in case? Because we've had several people that were adamant it was stopping on Wednesday and we're in there another week. 
And then the agency, like us, is scrambling to put the people back on board, and the family's feeling stressed because they want to settle their loved one. So um, it's just a matter of it doesn't always go that smoothly. So give whoever you're working with as much notice and as much information as you can, and they should be able to uh, to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. And with, with that being said, you know, I think sometimes people might be worried like, oh, if I schedule out for the next two weeks, then I'm going to have to pay for the next two weeks. But that's not the case, at least with our company, it isn't. You know, we would rather schedule out for a week and a half and have you cancel on that Wednesday when we had everybody set up for the next Wednesday or to the next Friday than you say it's going to end on a Wednesday and then Wednesday at 3 p.m. say, oh, no, it's not going to end. I need everybody to get back. And then we call up the caregivers. They're already on other cases. And we call you back and say, you're not going to have the same caregivers. We're going to have to put new caregivers in there. Or right. the ultimate nuclear issue is we don't have any caregivers for you to use because they're all gone and the people that we would normally call are on other cases or it's too late in the day and nobody's getting back to you. Um, There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, listen, I'm planning on my mom to go down to the memory care unit on a Thursday. How about we put services in till Tuesday just in case things don't go smoothly. We know we have things over the weekend, which we all know is the most difficult time to schedule. And then you know that you have your backup that you don't even have to pay for because you don't pay for anything you don't use with our business. So it's it's a no-brainer to just schedule out for an extra week, let the caregivers know that we're planning on being in there indefinitely. And when indefinitely ends, the caregivers know that these cases pick up and they end Generally, there's a fast turnaround time, especially when we're letting them know somebody's moving into a memory care unit like that's they they specifically know that this case is going to be a short term case. Exactly. Exactly. And when you're told that, okay, yes, uh, we'll we can move on Wednesday. Now, does Wednesday mean you're getting the keys to the apartment? Does Wednesday mean that you've had the day before to move your loved ones? If it's in the building, they can they will often move the furniture down for you. But then sometimes family, if they cannot be there, want the caregiver for uh, an extra day or two just to transition them over to a new environment. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of think that through um, and, and give yourself some breathing room because it is stressful. Absolutely. And uh, the other thing is just a matter of when people are discharged, and we go through this all the time, and my standing joke is nothing good happens after 3 o'clock on Friday. And that's because a lot of times people are discharged from rehabs and hospitals on Thursdays or Fridays. And... They usually don't know for certain until doctors have made rounds, and some people find out the day before. Um, Oftentimes, there's family planning meetings, and it's a few days ahead, but a lot of times they find out the day before, and everybody's scrambling. So my advice to people is if you are looking at your loved one discharging from a facility, as soon as they schedule a family meeting, that's when you should be getting your... um, your caregiving in place if that's what you're going to need to do. You can always move the date. They can work. Any agency should be able to work with you. But if you wait until the doctor gives the discharge orders, I think our record was the 3 p.m. on Christmas Eve or whatever it was for yeah. a living. And no agency wants to have to do that. No agency. They um, didn't. They, there was no nursing home that would accept them. No assisted living was calling them back for respite care. Yep. And we came through. And that's why our logo is a, a hummingbird is because we're fast and responsive. That's where that's our differentiation. 
differentiator in this market is that you call us up, we pick up the phone, we'll get somebody out there within a matter of hours. We and were deciding who was going to take them home for Christmas dinner. Yeah. I mean, you had to do something, right? Absolutely. But, so, I mean, yeah, and but going back to the assisted living side of things, the other thing that kind of comes up that you need to, you know, bumps in the road or those speed bumps that occur is that, you know, you might think, <clears throat> hey, Assisted Living told me that they need to go down to the memory care unit. You know, Dad needs to go down to the memory care unit. We're going to set everything up. Sometimes people forget to ask Dad. And then all of a sudden, when Dad gets involved, he goes, I don't have dementia. I don't have memory issues. I'm not going down there where the crazy people are. You know, Mm -hmm. there's that there is certainly that stigma in assisted livings with some people that I'm never I'm not going down there. That's outrageous. Mm. And so all of a sudden, you know. You had all your ducks in a row, except you forgot to talk to the one person. That, and that happens in life, right? You're like, oh, yeah, we'll go. We'll meet up for dinner, and then we can go out for a drink afterwards. And then, and then, or we'll meet up for dinner. We'll go to the play. Then we can have a drink afterwards. Oh, yeah, you know, my girlfriend would love to come. And you get all the plans ready. You buy the tickets. And then you say, hey, we're going to the thing this day. And they're like, well, you didn't ask me. I already have plans to go somewhere else. And then you're like, oh. I totally forgot to ask you, you know, <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's happened yep. to me before. And that's a scenario that we've come up across that, you know, people are unwilling to go move down into that memory care unit. They are refusing it. And then the assisted living says, hey, listen, you know, we can keep you in the traditional unit, but you need to have 12 hour nights or you need to have 24 hours a day because we can't be responsible for what's going on in your room with somebody that's getting up and wandering and a fall risk and doesn't know what's going on and things like that. So, you you know, here are your options. And so that's another thing to remind yourself of, like, make sure the parent's on board. Because if the parent's not on board, there's going to be some major speed bumps involved. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or you can have situations where you've got a couple, your mom and your dad are there and one goes in the hospital. And the other one has a little bit of dementia, but it's certainly been manageable by the spouse they were living with. Well, that person's not there now. So the person that has the dementia that's there is thrown for a loop. Yep. And they're like, what do we do? You know? Um, So it's just the idea of, yeah, you get your ducks lined up, but make sure you've kind of included everybody you can think of. Absolutely. I'm not saying it happens every day, but there's certainly we've had cases where people are like, they're not willing to go down into the memory care unit, so we need to call you up and get services. And it's like, we've tried or... We tried and tried, and they wouldn't do it, and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, or even people coming home from a hospital to their home. Um, I was scheduling to do an assessment for a client and to go to the rehab to meet them before Mm -hmm. they came home. And I was asked not to because they hadn't told mom that she was going to have a live-in yet. So, um, you know, we we worked around that and we worked everything out fine. But, you know, at least this family was kind of... Um, understanding enough to realize that they had a bridge they had to cross with mom before yeah. we walked in the door. Big bridge, too. You know, and, and it's not lo- like it's four hours where it's just a friend coming over. It's like, why is this person living with me? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And now, uh, when someone's discharging from the hospital, whatever, again, like it can be Fridays. Sometimes family members pick them up to bring them home. Okay, that helps control the time a little bit but if they're coming home with an ambulance or a chair car that depends on what their schedule is so when people say okay we want to start friday night 
what time should the caregiver be there? My general rule of thumb is people don't get discharged much before noon because the doctor makes their rounds, and there's this gap anywhere from like 1 to 6 o'clock p.m. that people want to work with. Some families want to settle mom or dad in first. Some want us to meet them at the door. So you need to kind of have a sense of what you want and express those feelings and then, you know, work with the agency because there is no one answer to that. And the adrenaline rush is crazy for the family usually. We do it all the time, but for most people it's their first experience. Yeah. Well, excellent, Jenna. Thank you very much for your insight. And, uh, again, this is the Caregiver's Toolbox. We appreciate your patronage or your listening viewership, whatever we want to call it. We appreciate you listening to this podcast. It's what I'm trying to say. Thank you very much, and we'll have a next another episode out shortly. Have a good day. 